0: In this episode, Dr. Kashi delves into linguistic markers of distorted beliefs, including demandingness, dramatizing, downing, and despairing. Dr. Kashi encourages you to recognize and challenge this language because it will, in turn, help you transform your distorted beliefs into more rational ones. And this makes it so you do less dumb stuff and more smart stuff. And more smart stuff is more better. Roll the intro. Hello and welcome to ah, full cup this time. Welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I am your host, Doctor Trevor Cashy. Ah, how chronic masturbation destroys your body. Learning all about masturbation, or at least getting an intro to it. Uh, this lesson. This lesson is a test to determine if you have rational or distorted beliefs around food, eating, and your body. So here's what you'll be learning. Here's what you'll be learning. Tiny T back in action. Here's what you'll be learning. You are getting an ultra quick review of SRO, as always in this series, an ultra quick review of SRO, a hefty review of the O again, okay? A specific review of O, of TCAN's SRO model, and digging deeper, digging a bit deeper into calling out your BS so that you can determine your belief system, so that you can determine if you primarily think rationally and constructively about food eating in your body, or if you have distorted, impulsive and destructive beliefs around food eating and your body because of chronic masturbation. Chronic masturbation does some interesting things. Gonna learn about that today. So in this series, again, introducing you to TCAN's SRL model, you're continuing on for the previous lesson where you learned that there are stimuli in your life. S, boop, there are stimuli in your, life, in your life, okay? Especially frustrating stimuli. Something, anything getting in the way of what you want, right, and those frustrating stimuli, they lead to response, a behavioral response. What do you do about, what do you do about that frustrating stimulus? And then O, oh, the outcome, which is a, a result, combined with your outlook okay the result of that stimulus and your outlook on that result create your O oh, your outcome Now that outcome can either be constructive or destructive okay that outcome can be either constructive or destructive we'll go here to the outcome page shrink them up a little bit excellent day now, are you purposefully gaining utilitarian experience to improve your frustration tolerance, and problem-solving skills, okay? That is a constructive outcome, a positive outlook, okay? Outlook is here, this outlook is on the y-axis, so a positive outlook is on this side of the, of the Cartesian coordinate plane, as it were, thinking back to fourth grade mathematics here. Now, a constructive outcome is a positive outlook on a positive or negative result. So negative result, positive result. In that regard, you can be both good enough, closer to what you want, boop, and still be better. Therefore, improving your skills and problem-solving process. Now a positive outlook on a positive result is essentially a grateful outcome. You acknowledge you did well, you're closer to what you want, and you learn from what you did well so that you can keep doing that thing and figure out how you can do it even better next time okay that's essentially you know expressions of gratitude grateful it's a grateful outcome being a good sport okay <laughs> a positive outlook so outlook here positive on a negative result you're further from what you want uh, you learned where you could stand to improve the most so that you can modify what you do to avoid shrink or resolve that frustrating stimulus next time okay the next time it indubitably presents itself because you will run into that frustrating stimulus again. That is the nature of a frustrating stimuli, right? Now, a constructive outcome increases your tolerance to frustration and prepares you for more difficult and more rewarding challenges your next but different S closer to your desire as it were. So in this regard, if you have a frustrating stimulus, you respond to it and that response gives you a constructive outcome. Well, the constructive outcome is actually gonna bleed off into your next stimulus, your next stimulus that's closer to your goal, right? So what happens when you have a negative destructive outcome? Well, you end up causing your own frustrating stimulus again. Okay, a destructive outcome is a, really an auto-stimulatory outcome, as it were. Okay. A destructive outcome is a negative outlook. Is a negative outlook on a positive or a negative result. So you're on this part of the of the plane. A negative outlook on a positive result represents a demanding outcome. A demanding outcome. This is typically a perfectionistic style perspective where since you demand a specific result, when you must get, must part of that masturbation, one that you must get, that anything other than that result may as well be a failure, may as well be a failure. And you beat yourself up about it and since it was a failure, then you are a failure and a turd burglar to boot, doomed to turd burgle for all eternity. The only thing that appears you learn from a, a, a negative outlook on a result like this is that the plan sucked, you suck, and the result sucked, which only reinforces the demand that you must get a perfect result next time. Or else, you'll do something that really shows how much of a fat, lousy failure I really am. And prove, prove that everything is screwy, that the plan is screwed up and I'm screwed up and the results are screwed up, it proves it, okay? Now a negative outlook, a negative outlook here on a negative result here leaves you in this quadrant. This result represents a disastrous outcome, disaster This is typically um, manifested where you have a magnification or exaggerate the negative result, where the negative result was heavily overgeneralized and blown away, way out of proportion, and you beat yourself up about it. This never works. I always fail. This is too hard, too much. I can't stand it. It mustn't be this way. shouldn't be this way. It's horrible, terrible, awful. And I'm doomed to be an ugly fat turd burgling troll for all of turd burgling eternity. Hmm. Okay. A destructive outcome acts as its own frustrating stimulus. So you know that stimulus causes a response, that response causes an outcome. If that outcome is constructive, then then the stimulus is resolved and you can now approach more challenging stimuli to get you even closer to where you want to be. Now, if the outcome is destructive, well then it, it counts as its own frustrating stimulus and you become even more sensitive to that problem as time goes on. It feels worse and worse and worse until you can't stand it. Okay? And you do something silly. You do or you and you do something silly that causes you to frustrate yourself again. Okay? Now, the same SRO cycle starts again. Okay, again, with the exception of even greater sensitivity to that same frustration, the same problem feels worse and worse. And the more frustrated you become, the more frustrated you become, the easier it is to act impulsively. That space between stimulus and response, it shrinks, and the more likely you're gonna do something silly. Okay, the more frustrated you become, the easier it is to act impulsively and sabotage your progress, which you guessed it, makes you even more frustrated and around, the merry-go-round you go. So what is the glue that's tying all this together? What is the glue tying all this together? What determines if this stimulus is frustrating at all and how much, what determines if you should do anything about it and what you should do about it to avoid it, shrink it or resolve it. What determines if you learn, what determines if you learn from your response or what you learn from your response so you can hone your critical thinking skills and dynamically revise your problem solving process. So you can continuously do better each time. Or what determines if you get even more frustrated at your frustrating result. Hmm beat yourself up, call yourself a turd burglar, and use that as permission to act like a turd burglar, thus proving your eternal turd burglar status. Well, your BS does that. Your BS, the BS you tell yourself, your belief system, okay, your belief system. Your belief system, which boiled down, consists of three main factors. Your BS consists of three main factors. These factors are expectations, essentially. Their expectations, their expectations of, their expectations of your actions. Okay, their expectations of others' actions. Woo! And treatment, how they treat you. And expectations of a result. This essentially is what your belief system consists of. These three main factors. And in that vein, the sum total of the expectations you have of yourself and others and the universe, some of them will be rational and some of them will be distorted. Some of them will be rational and some of them will be distorted. Okay. That is where things are getting deeper into today. Okay. Now, the more rational beliefs you have, the more likely you'll have resilient and constructive outcomes. The more distorted beliefs you have around food eating in your body, the more disastrous and self-destructive outcomes you'll have around food eating in your body. Does this make sense? The easiest way to differentiate between a rational belief and a distorted belief is if it is rigid or if it is flexible. Now, rigid beliefs are more distorted and lead to more self-destructive, disastrous behavior and outcomes. They assume the universe can only work one way or the other, which is logically absurd, intellectually handicapped, and psychologically destructive. When you get a result that indubitably conflicts with a rigid belief, you're more likely to get an an impulsive self-sabotaging urge, which you may just cash in and act on, therefore making for a destructive outcome. At O, and making your life more miserable and making yourself even more sensitive to that frustration because it acts as its own frustrating stimulus. Now, flexible beliefs are more rational and constructive. They assume the universe can work one way and work the other way and work anywhere in between. Why? Because it does. Because it does. This is logically sound, intellectually robust, and psychologically resilient. When you get a result that indubitably conflicts with a flexible belief, you're still likely to get a self-destructive verge because humans will human, but, and a big but, you'll be able to increase that space between stimulus and response. That space between stimulus and response will increase. Here, this gets nice and big, and that's where you have the opportunity to inject some logic. And then do something that will improve your chances. That will improve your chances of having a constructive outcome. Improve your chances of getting a positive result next time. Does that make sense? Thus increasing your resilience, your tolerance to frustration, and you're more prepared to take on new, more challenging things. Now, the easiest way to determine if your belief about something is rigid or flexible, okay, is how you describe, you guessed it, your outlook, how you describe your outlook on the negative results and how you treat yourself when you get a negative result. Okay. Now there are four linguistic harbingers, fancy terms here. There are four linguistic harbingers of, of destructive outcomes and self-sabotage. This is the money here. These four linguistic harbingers are demandingness, disastrifying, frustration sensitivity, and damning. Bring a little tea back here, write this out. So here are the four harbingers. The demandingness, woo. Come on now, you can do it. Demandingness, here. You can do it, you can do it. Yay, demands. Disaster-fying. Des- demands, disaster frustration sensitivity and damning and damnation. Okay. Here are the four linguistic harbingers of self-destructive outcomes or destructive outcomes and self-sabotage. Okay. Now the most important thing to look for is demandingness the most important thing to look for? Is demandingness shoulds, musts, have tos, needs, all, nothing, everyone, no one, always, never. This, this right here, is your masturbation. This right here is your masturbation. As Dr. Ellis says, look for the shoulds, look for the musts. If you're overly frustrated and self-sabotaging, then chances are you're a chronic masturbator. Okay. Once you've found your demands, then you can look out for the derivatives, okay? These are the derivatives. These guys. Boop. Fancy arrows here. They are the derivatives of your demanding language, okay? Here's here's where it goes. The disasters, okay, once you have a should or a must or a have to, when you start turning a negative result into a disaster, it is the worst. It's a nightmare. It's a disaster. It's horrible, awful, terrible. Okay. Whoops. Now this also goes into frustration sensitivity, also known as the can't stand it itis. The can't stand it itis. This is too hard. It's too difficult. It's impossible. I can't do it. I can't stand it. Okay. And then that inevitably leads to damnation. Damnation of yourself, damnation of others, damnation of things, of plans, etc. Higher powers, the universe. I'm a dumb, fat, weakless, weak, useless shit, a lousy person, okay? I'm a turd burglar, doomed to turd burgle for all eternity, as it were, okay? These are the four linguistic harbingers of destructive outcomes and self-sabotage. Oop, big T back. If you find yourself speaking like this or hear somebody else speaking like this, then pay closer attention to what they are, or what you're talking about. There are practically always underlying distorted beliefs about that thing. Okay. And as a result, lots of frustration and misery and emotional sensitivity when just about anything remotely conflicts with their views on it. Listen for damning, disastrifying, demands, and if things are super frustrating. The I can't stand it. It is too much. It's too hard. It's too something where your perception of your ability to handle the frustration is low. That's what that is. Things you would prefer to happen, but you understand are under the total control. How do I, let me say that again. Things you prefer would happen, but you understand that total control over anything is absurd and that most, if not all things in the natural world are at the mercy of a cruel master probability. Okay. Okay. So in that regard, a rational belief is something essentially you want, but you acknowledge and understand if you get something else instead. If you really truly integrate this, then, you're, then your disturbability becomes almost zero. Okay? At such time, an outcome prompts you to modify your approach so that you can do one, avoid, shrink, or resolve that frustration. Two, change the way you think about that frustration. Or three, both. Okay. More stuff on that soon. So here's what you have learned. Here's what you learned. You got an ultra-quick review of SRO again, again, and again. That's okay. You had an ultra-quick review of SRO. You had a hefty review of the O and digging deeper into calling out your BS so you can determine if you primarily think rationally or constructively, rationally and constructively about food eating and your body, or if you have distorted, impulsive, and destructive beliefs around food eating and your body because of chronic masturbation. Because of chronic masturbation destroys your health and your body. Okay. Thank you so much for learning. Stay rational. Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out!